0: Welcome to the Information Systems for Business podcast. I'm your host, Craig Van Slyke. The main purpose of the podcast is to augment the book, Information Systems for Business and Experiential Approach by Franz Belanger, Craig Van Slyke, and Rob Crossler. The book is published by Prospect Press. Before we get started, I want to give a few disclaimers. The podcast purposely omits many details in order to get to the high points of each chapter. So listening to the podcast is not a substitute for reading the book. Each episode contains my view of the most important points of each chapter. Your professor may have a different view. The podcast is solely my responsibility, so any errors are on me, on my co-authors, your professors, Prospect Press, or my employer. Enough of the disclaimers. Let's get to the good stuff. In this episode, I cover the most important points from Chapter 14, Information and Knowledge for Business Decision-Making. The focusing story for Chapter 14 relates a true story of the first time I heard of workers using text messaging to manage and share knowledge. The story is about some programmers who frequently texted each other to ask for help in troubleshooting their programming code. This is commonplace today, but back then it was quite innovative. We often want to tap into the knowledge of others, and information technology makes it easier than ever to do so whether it's formal support websites, social media such as Reddit or Facebook, or simple text messaging. The success of a business relies heavily on how well its employees can apply knowledge to make decisions and solve problems. Chapter 14 helps you understand how knowledge is managed and how technologies can help organizations manage and apply knowledge. The chapter also covers decision support systems, business analytics, and Artificial intelligence. After the focusing story, Chapter 14 discusses the importance of managing knowledge. This is followed by a brief discussion of different types of knowledge. Next, the chapter goes into some detail about how. After the focusing story, Chapter 14 discusses the importance of managing knowledge. This is followed by a brief discussion of different types of knowledge. Next, the chapter goes into some detail about the main processes involved in knowledge management. An overview of some important knowledge management technologies follows. Chapter 14 then moves on to a discussion of decision support systems and collaboration systems. This is followed by a section on business analytics. Chapter 14 closes with an overview of artificial intelligence. Here are the main points from Chapter 14. Managing knowledge is complicated, more complicated than managing data or information, because knowledge is often hard to structure, difficult to capture, and hard to transfer from one person to another. Knowledge management is a process that allows organizations to generate value from their knowledge-based assets. Knowledge management involves capturing and documenting what employees and other stakeholders know, and then developing systems that make it easier to share and use that knowledge. Knowledge is a critical organizational resource, so managing it is also critical. Effective knowledge management can help improve problem-solving, improve customer service and innovation, and can make processes more efficient and effective. See the chapter for some more benefits. Broadly speaking, there are two types of knowledge. Explicit knowledge is relatively easy to express. Often explicit knowledge is stored in things like operations manuals, books, articles, and mathematical formulas. Implicit knowledge is difficult to express or communicate because it is internalized and highly individualized. Our tacit knowledge is deeply rooted in our life experiences, values, and biases. For example, a great artist might be able to create fantastic works of art, but probably can't clearly communicate how they do this. There are seven main processes for knowledge management. Creating, capturing, codifying, storing, retrieving, transferring, and applying knowledge. Creating knowledge is done through a continuous process of interaction between implicit and explicit knowledge. This is kind of hard to explain without a diagram, so check out figure 14.2 in the associated text. Capturing and codifying knowledge involves acquiring the knowledge, then putting it into a usable form. This process of putting knowledge into a usable form is called codifying the knowledge. Although it's hard to codify knowledge, tools such as cognitive maps, decision tables, and decision trees can help. See figures 14.3, 4, and 5, for examples. Storing and retrieving knowledge is also challenging because knowledge can take so many different forms. Resources such as a well-organized corporate directory that lists everyone's areas of expertise can help, as can a searchable document storage system. To be useful, knowledge needs to be applied, which means that knowledge needs to be available to those who need it. Often this involves transferring knowledge from one individual to another. Education is a good example of knowledge transfer, so is asking a friend for help on a project or assignment. There are technologies that can help with knowledge management. Knowledge repositories make it easy to find and retrieve documents that contain knowledge. Communications-based tools such as email, collaboration tools like Google Docs, and social networking tools like Slack can also be useful. Social networking tools make it easier to build communities of practice, which are groups of people who share common interests and interact to share knowledge. Digital dashboards can also be helpful. Expert systems help users solve problems in a way that mimics an expert's thought processes. Decision support systems are computer-based systems that help decision makers use data and models to solve semi-structured or unstructured problems. We can divide decision support systems into four main categories. Data-driven DSS focuses on the retrieval and manipulation of data. Data warehouses are an important part of data-driven decision support systems. Model-driven decision support systems focus on giving decision makers the ability to access and manipulate analytical models. Document-driven decision support systems focus on managing and retrieving documents that might be helpful to decision making. And finally, communication-driven decision support systems facilitate collaboration and group-based decision making. Collaboration systems, which are sometimes called groupware or team support systems, are network-based systems that help groups communicate and collaborate. There are many types of tools that are included in collaboration systems, such as group decision support systems that allow for things like brainstorming, anonymous commenting, and voting, shared whiteboards, which allow users to share drawings and annotations and support real-time collaborative editing, video conferencing systems, such as the Zoom we all know and love, and chat systems. Business analytics is the process of transforming data into insights to improve operations and decision-making. Business analytics is similar to business intelligence, although there are some technical differences. Data warehouses are critical elements of many business analytics systems. Data warehouses store and organize data in a way that's better suited to supporting decision-making than operational systems are. Data warehouses have several distinguishing characteristics. They're subject-oriented, which means they're organized around particular subjects such as marketing or human resources. The data and data warehouses are integrated from a variety of sources. Data and data warehouses are usually transformed in some way, for example, by being aggregated. And finally, data and data warehouses are typically non-volatile, which means the data do not change. Data from various sources are gathered, prepared, and loaded through a process called the Extract, Transform, and Load, or ETL process. See the chapter for descriptions of each element of the ETL process. Business analytics typically has one of three goals, three types of goals. Descriptive, predictive, or prescriptive goals. So we talk about descriptive, predictive, or prescriptive analytics. See Table 14.3 for more details. Data mining is the process of analyzing data to identify trends, patterns, and other useful information, typically by using statistical techniques. See Table 14.4 for some examples. Artificial intelligence refers to a family of technologies that approximate human cognitive abilities. Machine learning is a major branch of AI that involves developing applications that automatically improve through experience. See the chapter for more information, including some interesting applications of AI. That's it for Chapter 14. Since this is the last chapter, this is the last time I'll need to say it. Read the book. Thank you. Okay, that's it for this episode. Remember that you still need to read the chapter since the book has much more detail. Have I mentioned that yet? Fortunately, we, the co authors, worked really hard to keep the chapter short and to the point so the reading shouldn't be too bad. Talk to you next time.